My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It is a crisp autumn morning here in the capital and I'm delighted to say that joining me on today's show is Kim Laws, Managing Director of Norcon Computers Limited, a long-established electronic point-of-sale provider to convenience stores. Um, and your business is based in, in Derby, Kim, is that right? That's right, yes. And in fact, um, most of our employees actually live in Derby or around Derby um, and we've been there a long time. Fantastic. Uh, Kim, welcome to the uh, the show. Um, and also, quite interestingly, given um, the line of work that you're involved in, even though the COVID-19 pandemic um, that we should, of course, mention has been a huge challenge over the last 18 months for so many businesses, um, Norcom has done quite well um, with your clients sort of coming to you and uh, prospering with the advent of uh, sort of local and online shopping. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Scott. And in fact, uh, one of the things that that's very interesting is the fact that we had been going through a significant period of downturn with lots of our um, customers closing the door. Uh, we, we primarily um, sell point-of-sale systems to small convenience stores, and lots of them have been going under over the last 10 years. Um, and suddenly along comes the pandemic and everybody decides to shop local and a number of our customers, I have to say the better ones, the better organised customers, um, have seen significant increases in their turnover. Yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Just sort of how it works um, from one sector to another. While some have really struggled during the uh, the last eighteen months, others have really prospered and thrived. And hospitality is one of those industries that has sort of seen more of the struggle over the uh, the last couple of years. I think it's fair to say. Um, but again, they've sort of embraced the technology that you provide, and they've been using that to their benefit as well since the economic reopening. So there's been sort of a plus point on that side of things for you as well. Yes, indeed. Um, so we we made the decision based on, as I say, the trend of our convenience store customers disappearing, um, that we needed to get into a new area. So through the pandemic, we cleverly decided to go into hospitality. Not a great move in hindsight. Um, and we use a very nice piece of software produced by a company called ICR based on the Isle of Wight. Um, to uh, allow customers uh, to place their orders at table, called pay at table. And um, this system actually has made a huge difference, again, through the the small number of hospitality customers that we now have, um, being able to operate throughout or or certainly when, when things were opened up again after the pandemic. Yeah, certainly. And um, since the pandemic has sort of settled down, uh, we've seen some footfall coming back to high streets because people sort of want the novelty of being able to sort of go out again. But it has been something over the years that has been declining and it hasn't quite sort of shot back up in earnest yet, has it? So um, what does that sort of mean for your business, the fact that the high street is sort of still kind of in the doldrums, would you say, by and large? Uh, and and that, is the, that is the real problem for us. Where where our customers have been successful, where we've had increased business is where we've been dealing with uh, primarily, as I say, convenience stores based uh, in small villages, towns, um, in community areas. Where we have suffered and where our customers have continued to suffer is on the high street. The traditional high street, as we all know, is disappearing. And, And similarly, our move into hospitality has been quite slow and, and quite limited. A few hotels, a few clubs, a, a couple of restaurants. Um, 
some of those are doing well uh, again, but if they're linked to other businesses. So, for example, one of our most successful hospitality venues is a small cafe uh, in a garden centre. Yeah, it's quite something, isn't it, um, that obviously venues within the tourism industry have started to sort of do quite well in that sense because, you know, there is that appetite for people to sort of go out there and kind of enjoy the uh, the sites again just because they've not been able to do that over the last couple of years, mostly. Yeah. Very interesting indeed. Um, looking back over the uh, the last 18 months by and large then, uh, Kim, would you say that maybe you've sort of learned anything from this period of crisis management, if we call it that? Because I suppose the buzzword has been unprecedented. So even for people who've been in business for many, many, many years, they've never seen something like this before. So it should certainly be taken as a significant learning curve, shouldn't it, this? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely Scott. And, and in fact, one of, the, one of the mantras that we often use is, you know, you, you, you're never too old to learn new tricks. Um, and one of the things that happened to us as a business we're a small business there are only eight of us in total and over the years we almost never get the opportunity to all eight of us sit down around a table and chat when the pandemic came in and we said to people we gave people the option of coming into the office or working from home we installed an ip phone system and we and we started in addition to that using a daily Skype call, which we now continue to do. And virtually every day, all eight of us sit and have a conversation at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, we never used to do that. And it's improved the communication in the business to such an extent that this is one of the the positive things that we've done and the thing that we all discuss as being a real change that's um, improved our business. And so do you think that sort of by and large, those kind of hybrid working patterns using virtual means to keep connected and sort of work away from a common office space, that's going to become a permanent fixture in the way that not just your business works, but also that we do business by and large in the whole of the UK? Yeah, absolutely, Scott. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sort of slightly strange in that I, I live on the South Coast. I'm, I'm a very keen sailor and decided to move down to the South Coast from Derby very early on. Um, so I've always worked remotely with, with just going up to the main office probably once a month. But now all the people in the business have got the opportunity to work from home or to work from wherever they happen to be. If they've got an internet connection, they can connect their IP phone and their, and their laptop and, and operate, whether it be working on the help desk or uh, planning installations or whatever. Um, and, I, and I think this is true of a lot of businesses. And I think this is a a very much a, a change that's that's going to be embraced by certainly small businesses to try and reduce their costs. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so big impact, of course, in sort of the commercial property sector for sure there as companies sort of really consider what they're going to be doing with their premises. Um, thinking about sort of how your company works, however, um, you're sort of very well versed in working remotely as a business leader. But are the challenges that comes with sort of maintaining morale and productivity when sort of you're working away from your team from a distance and they're sort of deployed all over the place? Well, I have to say, Scott, I think this is one of I think this is one of the myths that's been debunked during this period of time. I think an awful lot of people, there will always be the odd person who won't be as productive at home for all sorts of reasons, and it depends very much obviously in terms of your home environment. 
but certainly I would say our experience has been, and a number of my friends in other businesses have also stated that their experience has been that people are actually more productive when working from home once they've once they've established how they work from home and as long as you give them the tools to work properly from home. So I would say the vast majority of people they are more productive working from home. And this gives you a bit of a problem, doesn't it, in terms of running a business as to how much you encourage people to work from home and how much you encourage them to come into your expensive office. It's going to be interesting moving forward, isn't it? Uh, we are recording this podcast, of course, in the last couple of weeks of November 2021. And over the opening week of December this year, so just a couple of weeks from now, uh, the government is due to sort of start to compile the findings from a consultation process where it's considered um, the implications of making hybrid working the default basically so what was a right to request flexible working is now going to be a a right to have flexible working wherever any request is made and i think that's a sign of sort of changing demands from the uh, british workforce isn't it because what we're seeing is um, a lot of job candidates out there now are looking to prospective employers and they're wanting to know straight away whether there is the ability to work flexibly to help with that work-life balance whether things like sort of mental health and well-being are at the forefront of their agenda so it's a very sort of shifting changing landscape isn't it when it comes to that recruitment side of things and business leaders going to have to be so so aware of that moving forward aren't they because otherwise you're not going to be getting that pool of talent into your business yeah absolutely you you need to provide you need to provide as you say the talent with with the working environment that that they require and and this is going to inevitably be a hybrid environment one of the things i would say however and and as I said right at the beginning, we've had, we've, we have found lots of advantages through this way of operating. Um, I'm, recently, I'm, I'm a member of, a, in addition to my work, I'm a member of a board of a, a, a national sport, the British Para Table Tennis Association. And we've done all of our meetings on, uh, on Zoom over the last 18 months, two years. Last month, we had our very first face-to-face meeting. And all of us agreed that the opportunity to sit down and talk things through face-to-face is also important and it shouldn't be lost. So we do need a hybrid version. We need to be in a position where people, when, when it's appropriate, can operate remotely. But at the same time, we shouldn't throw everything out um, because there are always opportunities and useful um, differences in the way that you operate face-to-face to the way that you operate when you're using an online system. Yeah, you've got to have those sort of water cooler moments, as it were, haven't you, where you're speaking face to face and they do drive innovation. They're so, so important. So the hybrid is um, critical. And obviously one of the merits as well um, of the the hybrid side of maybe doing one or two things virtually as well is um, very, very topical at the moment. It's related to not just time efficiency, but also sustainability as well because you're not having to sort of travel like say um, X amount of miles um, to go to a one hour business meeting. You can be more efficient with your time. You can open your laptop, you can do it from your office and you're also sort of cutting down on your carbon footprint. And given that climate change is very much on the agenda at the minute, that is also something that's very important. Uh, But also Scott, the, the, the level of our participation, again, 
with an example from uh, BPTT, the table tennis organization, we held our AGM and allowed people to either be virtually present or present. Mm. And we tripled the number of people attending our AGM because a large number of people wouldn't have come along, as you rightly say, for a 20 minutes, half an hour AGM. Mm. But because they were able to come in virtually to the system, it meant we got a much better participation in that in that particular area. And I can see that being a big advantage for, for organizations in all sorts of works of life. Yeah, absolutely. The advent of hybrid working is going to be hugely interesting as we sort of move forward into the uh, the future. And just thinking about the future, Kim, before we sort of wrap things up on the program today, I was interested to understand what some of your priorities as a business are going to be now that we're sort of out of COVID restrictions for the time being and we're seeing some of the hard-won economic gains of the uh, the reopening. So um, where do you see yourselves by this time uh, next year and uh, what are some of your priorities going to be as you sort of look for sort of new markets with uh, what's going on on the high street? Well, one one of the biggest issues and, and of course, it, you know, it's great that we've hopefully got a bit of control over the pandemic and um, we're starting to move forward and, and back to what we might call normality is unfortunately costs. Um, literally this morning, I have been uh, in contact with my energy suppliers and have just signed a new two-year contract, which effectively looks like a win, except that I'm paying twenty over 20% more for my energy mm. in the next two years than I have in the previous two years because of the costs have gone up. All the equipment that we buy, so we resell um, computer hardware to our customers, all of that equipment has gone up. Costs are going up all over the place. Uh, next year, obviously, we're going to get the increases in national insurance and so on, um, and that in turn will lead, I am sure, to to calls from, from employees um, to have wage rises and so on to just to stay in the same place. So costs are, well, they always are a, a problem to small, small businesses, but they are going to continue to be a problem and, and a bigger priority as, as they, some of them are unprecedented, the rises that we're seeing at the moment. Yes, we've not really sort of seen inflation over the last decade, have we? And now it seems to be back in abundance. So it's something that business is going to have to be very, very aware of as we sort of get to grips with what is potentially a cost of living crisis as it's been built in the uh, the national media. So yeah, very interesting to see how that uh, that transpires um, indeed. And I think as we sort of start to understand that a little bit more about what it's going to mean for yourself and for your business, Kim, I'd relish the opportunity to even welcome you back onto the show with us and just sort of see where we're at at some point in the future because I've thoroughly enjoyed having you on the programme with us and it's been very eye-opening I must say Thank you very much Scott It's been an absolute pleasure Kim and um, lastly before we do wrap up uh, do take care and do stay safe with all that's still going on in the world as well Thank you and for all of our regular listeners tuning into the uh, program today, um, if you feel that you might have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means, why don't you apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. And it might well be you that is talking to us on the program next. Um, until next time to everybody tuning in, I do hope that you all enjoyed the interview with Norcon Computers Kim Laws today and take care and goodbye until next time. <laughs>